Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is episode three now of Captain Says, and I'm sitting here with Rory Scovel, who is a he's a comedian, uh, actor, future director, or so I've read. Activist. <laughs> All those things. Just anything that sounds cool. So that's hello to you, there. welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having um, me on. You're on the third show, so that's great. <laughs> who knows if there'll be a fourth one? I want to try to get in top five. For sure. You've got a good chance of that. Yeah. Now, if there isn't a fourth one, then that means I made the top three best shows. You'll be on my final show? That's even better <laughs> yeah, than being on the, the third finale. one. That's it. I was one of the top three episodes. Perfect. So, can I talk about Ground Floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love that show. And I only just found out it was cancelled, like, a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. That was horrible. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, Not the show. It was <laughs> the cancellation. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was pretty sad because I really thought the show started to pick up some momentum mm. in terms of like uh, character development. And I think we as casts, uh, as a cast, were starting to gel a little bit more, have a little bit more uh, mm. fun. And I think we were all kind of like, ah, third season feels like we've really figured it out by then. Because yeah. also our seasons were only 10 episodes. Mm. So, you know, trying to figure out anything in, in 10 episodes at the beginning is kind of tough and then you know the second season of 10 episodes you kind of get to play around a little bit because now you have the confidence of the network kind of picking you up so Mm. I think we were kind of in the mindset that if we got to a third season it would really break open as a show Uh, but uh, we did not get that chance so So. when how do you find out that a show is done or Um, renewed we found out. Uh, Do they right tell before, you before it gets to the news? Yeah, they kind of tell us, but I mean, the like websites like Deadline Hollywood or you know the the they websites that are quick. like that. I mean, they might find out pretty quickly. Mm. Um, but yeah, this one we found out at the end of January, right before pilot season started in February. Mm. So it was kind of good that they let us know uh, at of least course. then, so that we could all start going out for other shows because I think most mm. of the cast uh, landed. Uh, Roles on, I don't know if people say landed roles, but it makes sense to me. They Sounds got they good. got good roles on other shows, um, so yeah, it was it was, it was mm. good. But um, it was a cool experience for me because I haven't really acted on a show before. I've done mm. like some commercials or maybe like a guest star thing, but to actually get to do a character on a show consistently, like a consistent and a, and job, a good and it was a fun one too. Like it was it wasn't like such a stretch outside of my own sense of humor of like how I like to play yeah. out jokes. So uh, it was it was. Perfect for me to step into it. So when they tell you it's cancelled, don't mean to harp on the no, cancelling. No, I'm totally fine. Do with you it. like take that in any personal way, or you just think that's business? Uh, I think but it's, it's, it's got to yeah. feel like shit. Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of does. It is. It is the business. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just. Uh, I guess it. It feels like shit in like a different way. It doesn't feel personal at all. It just mm. feels like, well, that's the business. You know, if there, there was a new head of TBS. Uh, that's what we were on. It was TBS, yeah. and like a new guy, a head guy, came in and 
that's usually the case when a new person comes in. They get rid of the shows because they want to like bring in their own stuff. So uh, if our ratings were through the roof, we probably would have gotten a third season. But Just, they were okay. That was the thing. Uh, they, were, they were okay. I don't think they it was anything. Bad. Uh, yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't really enough to, to sort of uh, justify giving us a third season, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, you don't take it personally. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be doing anything in entertainment. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that stand-up comedy is my job and then on top of it I get to be... Uh, on a TV show that you know, you know, pays great money and uh, you well, get that thing. exposure. It's stable. It helps you know. Stable income. Exactly. So, um, in great incomes, so right? You know, you. I mean, that's the kind of thing you miss because you're like, yeah. you know, when a big paycheck comes, uh, every every single human being loves seeing a, a big mm-hmm. paycheck. So, yeah, not having that now, kind of uh, sure, it's sad to miss it, but also the positive side is it makes you hungrier to work a little harder to be more creative and maybe push your own stuff out there so that you, you know, find that gig that is undeniably great and someone mm-hmm. can't get rid of it because people want to see it, you know. And the other show you were on is Undateable mm-hmm. with Justin Bieber's favorite comedian. That's Did you right. see the roast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they the killed Beeps. me for that. That was great. <laughs> the Beepster. But you, you're on you, you're on two episodes of that stuff? Uh, just on two episodes, yeah. I did one guest come? star in the first season, then a guest star uh, in the second season. And um, now that show actually uh, has been picked up I just saw that for a third season. That. However, all of the episodes will be live. So oh. um, kind of an interesting uh, gimmick, I guess. Uh, mm. They just did a live episode that yeah. I, I'm sure they had a lot of fun doing. I'm sure it's a lot of pressure and a ton of... I mean, you know, mm. doing a, a pre-recorded episode is a ton of work so I can't yeah. imagine like the pressure of a live episode so it's kind of interesting that they've now been picked up to do 13 episodes and they all have to be live it's going to be a ton of work but those guys are everybody involved with that show is is funny and I think it's it, it, I think it's going to be very interesting because mm-hmm. um, those guys in their element of you know in the live element they're really fun to watch that um, seems like a weird thing to I think it's something that NBC's yes, like we'll let's give, just try it we'll let's give you see. more more episodes but they have to all be live. Yeah. That's not a thing that happens that often. Yeah, I think <laughs> the last time it happened was on Rock, uh, that show from uh, forever ago. I feel like it was like in the 90s or something. They tried uh-huh. to do like live episodes. But um, I think it's interesting. I think NBC is kind of, you know, they're trying to figure stuff out and try new things. So I'm kind of excited by it. I like it. So, I mean, there's a chance that maybe they asked me to come back and play that character again. On a third, on, ep- on episode this in, third in season live, live. So I, I have no idea if they will. You'll be fine in the live thing. Uh, I would, I would enjoy it. I mean, it would be kind of a definitely a, a rush because it's mm-hmm. it's nervous enough pre-recording it, and you're allowed to make mistakes in that scenario, and it's still mm-hmm. nervous, and kind of nerve-wracking to remember your lines and not be the guy that screws up a scene for everybody. So I can't imagine yeah. when it's live <laughs> and there's no there's no do-overs. Everyone sees it yeah. as it happens. There'd be some pressure. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. You do comedy, mm-hmm. and I've read, I read all the stuff. You, you sort of, <laughs> all you, you all listen, the stuff. All the stuff. You listen to David Cross and you, <laughs> yeah. you, all that. Yeah. And oh, you're from South Carolina. Yes. I've been to South Carolina. Where? Where? Well, not many Australians have been to South Carolina, so that's my <laughs> thing. You're the only one. That I actually, made. I was in England, and I was on my way back to Australia, and. Prince, this was 2004, Prince announced he was doing a tour. Oh. And the only dates that sort of matched up went on my way back oh, through yeah. the States. It was, there was like Columbia and Raleigh, so I went to both. Yeah. Because it was like next night, next night. And it was nice. Yeah. Because I didn't know, it was a pl- one of those places I didn't know a single thing about it. And like the plane was coming in and it's, it's all so green, it's just green <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, North and South Carolina are pretty uh, pretty beautiful states. I think you know you got the the uh, the mountains, the foothills, the Smoky Mountains, kind of going like through the east eastern side. It, I guess you might not have seen that though, being in Raleigh and no, Columbia. But it's just it's cool to go to a place where you know you have no like preconceived idea about what it is, and then you get there and you're like, whatever it is, it's a surprise. <laughs> right? It's like yeah. wow, it's all green and. I've got to say, the big biggest surprise to me coming from Sydney, you've walked around. Right, yeah. There's not a lot of, like, African-American people. And then I got there, and there was, like, so many, and it was, like, a culture shock thing. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, and I'd been to L.A., I'd been to New York, but this was just, like, wow. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people there. Yeah. And that was just an interesting thing. Yeah, melt, melting pot in the United it States. The, the melting pot of cultures. So <laughs> I what? feel like it's more just, like, New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's lots of different things. So, oh, so what made you come to Australia? Is this the first time you've been here? This is my first time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I love it. I've tried to come, uh, and I, I guess not tried to come, but uh, my buddy John Doerr, I don't know if you know mm. him or seen you him. You did the thing on Conan with him. Yep. So he uh, he came out and did the, I think he did the festival. I think he's come out again and done just the comedy store just a weekend yeah. alone. And those kind of, he had mentioned it, how much he loved it. So mm. from that point on, it's kind of something I wanted to do. And uh my uh, buddy, the friends where we're at right now, they uh, they've lived here for about eight years or so, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I've always wanted to like come out and and see them. It's obviously very difficult to just go across the world mm-hmm. to visit people, but uh, it worked out this time. And to, on top of it, get to do the festival, it was kind mm-hmm. of perfect. Like, great, I'll see some friends I haven't seen in a while, and also get to do some shows and and uh, actually playing at the comedy store and. Um, doing this festival it's uh, it's definitely something that's in my head now for like next year to be like alright well how do I try to come back do like Melbourne if possible you know try that's, to do some road gigs and mm. actually make a, a bigger trip out of it I don't know why but the Melbourne Comedy Festival is bigger than the Sydney one yeah I don't know why has it been going longer probably yeah but it just seems like there's so much more happening in Melbourne <laughs> like yeah. most of the most comedians most people get to Sydney but it seems for the comedy festival just that Melbourne is just a bigger thing yeah I don't know why yeah, I've so heard of it. If, I, I if you come really back, you've got to do the Melbourne Sydney one. one. Yeah. No, I'd love to come back and, and try to do both if possible and make a, like I said, a bigger trip. Stay for a little while, oh, see yeah, more. You'd be here like maybe a month. Yeah, someone was telling me you could really put a lot together like doing those two festivals and then also just trying to go out on the mm-hmm. road and do the other cities. You could be in Australia for quite a bit, which uh, is interesting well, to me. like people, you know, Arj Barker. Yeah. He comes and stays here for months at a time. Right, yeah, I've heard. I've heard he's, he's I think he's more famous here than he he's is huge in the States. Out here, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's right. I've heard that from somebody. And yeah, you could if you set it all up, you'd have to plan it all out, but because Melbourne Comedy Festival, I think two weeks, maybe three, I don't know. Yeah. Sydney's two, but there just seems to be like less going on. Yeah. But yeah, and they're and they're one after the other, like Melbourne's first and then there's a like, few days break and then Sydney, Sydney one starts, starts so you could you could set it all up. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, coming traveling internationally to do it, it's definitely perfect for for me. So you yeah. did your own solo show at Comedy Store first. Yeah, I was there. It nice, was good. nice. Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Had and a blast. I like the thing that oh, the thing you did at the start about the coins, right? <laughs> yeah. The dollar coin and the fifty cent coin, and then and then you did that, and you're like, well, that's as far as I looked into it. But if you <laughs> yeah. just went one coin further, the two dollar is so tiny, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, why did you just stop? Well, that was the point of it. I wanted people to like, oh, you didn't even do, didn't even call out the two, because my friend said that she was like, she's like, why didn't you bring out the two dollar coin? I was like, yeah, that was the point to, to not to say I didn't look at it. And then the microphone thing as well. Yeah, that's all right. And not even mentioning it for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun little bit was, to do. And it didn't go too long. It was just, it was what, five, seven minutes? About five, seven, yeah. And you can tell, you can gauge pretty quickly. If the crowd if they're is laughing it. at it, it's like, 
like if they're laughing at it right away, it's like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Like, if they're into this, this is silly, this is stupid, there's no meaning yeah. to it. So if they're laughing at it, it's like, ah, all right, they're going to be a lot of fun. You, I've done it on some shows where nobody laughed, and so I just, three minutes in, I, I got out of it, and then I was like, all right, let's, let's move on. <laughs> Clearly, it's going to be a lot of work. So, and you, you didn't really do it at that show, but you do different accents. Mm-hmm. So this is your normal accent now. Yeah. This is Californian. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. But did you have, originally have a strong, like, southern uh, like accent? So, no, I don't think I ever did. I mean, if, if I did, I was unaware of it. I, I don't think... You probably, yeah, you, you don't I know ever, your own accent. Right, yeah. I, I don't think I ever did, though, uh, have one. Because you do a southern accent. Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of uh, family members and people mm-hmm. I grew up with. And there's so many different versions of a southern accent. Mm-hmm. If you just try one, you're 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 probably on point. You know, there's so many different versions of one. But it's also not so much the accent as it is just the uh, what you're saying and, and kind of like how you're saying it, not not specific to the to the accent. That is like mm. sort of Southern culture that it's it's kind of fun to do because having grown up in it, it's like, well, it's, you know, embedded into my, <laughs> my, my psyche to know how to like tap into it. So it's kind of a fun, easy one to, to do for sure as mm. far as like my voices go, which I just have like, three, I guess, that I, I do, that I just started doing out of boredom because I didn't have mm. any new material. The, the and then, German one? The German yeah. one? And then, and then doing them and them actually getting laughs and being funny kind of exploded into, I can do my old jokes as a German guy and it's not like doing the old jokes because it's it like weird. a different person is doing <laughs> them. But also it led to me to look at the jokes differently and be like, well... I wrote that joke the way I say it, but if this German guy says it, he can be a little more naive, mm-hmm. or the crowd, uh, you know, he can he can get away with a little bit more because the crowd suddenly just has a, this aura mm-hmm. of like, well, we're not going to be so PC about it. He probably doesn't He's know. He's a foreigner, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And also, strangely enough, doing the Southern character, they almost feel the same way, where they're like, well, he's Southern. He probably, he probably doesn't know it's inappropriate to talk. <laughs> he about doesn't that. know any better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I play them kind of naive anyway, so the assumption isn't, isn't hard to mm. get to. And I, I read somewhere, I read a lot of stuff, I read somewhere that you would, in a show, you would just change accent, just mid-sentence, <laughs> yeah. and just not even mention it, just keep going. Yeah. That yeah. is great. Yeah. That it's, is... It's fun to... I, I think look it's fun like to have no faces. answers to like, yeah, if people like get confused or they they get surprised by it or something, to me it's more fun to not like have a formatted thing or be like oh I should explain this or like mm. uh, to me I don't understand why in comedy we feel the need that so you need so much information or so many things have to be mm. explained I, I like it to be more like a or feel more like a uh, like a jam band kind of concert mm. where it's like well they don't really know what they're doing like jazz <laughs> like they 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 sure they know where the song starts yeah. but they kind of you know put Meander. it together in the middle and they try to figure it out and then they get to the ending and it's, to me, it's it's kind of fun to do comedy that way. I, I think I just try to do the show that I would want to watch. So mm. I, I like it when I see a comic do something and there's no explanation. I, I love it because I'm like, don't tell us. Let us sit. Yeah. And even telling us wouldn't even be, you know, it's not like it's rocket yeah. science. It's like, oh, he just shifted accents. Is it really so crazy that... Yeah, but that's the best thing. Just don't mention it. Just do it and <laughs> yeah. just keep going. Yeah. And look out at the... If you can see the faces or there's... A, the bright lights, you can't always see them. Oh, that's great. But you just reminded me of something else. The Your comedy is like this mix of scripted, written stuff mm-hmm. and improv stuff. Yeah. Which is probably my favorite type of comedy. Because you can go to a show and you can watch someone. 
I don't want to say that they're not as good, but someone can write a perfect show and sure. they can perform it a hundred times. Yeah. And then it's like second nature to them and you just know that they're just going through going the through emotions. The motions, yeah. It's still a good show. Yeah. And they're good. Yeah. But that, and I appreciate that for the work that goes into that. And then you've got improv, like I've gone and seen like, like Whose Line Is Anyway? And yeah, yeah. Wayne Brady does a show. And again, I appreciate that for what it is. It's great. You know, the... The, as fast as their brains work, it's crazy. Right. But I've noticed I walk out of shows like that thinking, oh, it was funny, but, you know, the substance, what what was there? Yeah. I walk out with this, like, this sort of empty feeling. And so I've, I've figured out I like this mix of both. This hybrid, yeah. Which has got stuff in it, but then you can go all around that and do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, it's a little, I mean, I, I just started performing that way because it's a, a little of um I, I i would get bored with myself mm. also like i said i mean I, I i i live and die by the philosophy of performing the show that you would want to watch and so mm. for me i think an audience likes it when they feel like this moment is genuine you know mm. and and i and i think they feel that way when there are clearly improvised moments there's clearly mm-hmm. things that are just responded to or they can tell you just discovered a tangent and you're going off on it. Maybe it's not really a written out piece, mm. but because of that, then if you can sort of uh, work on the delivery of your written stuff, you can make that written stuff seem like maybe it's also just happening. And I mean, basically mm. it's the, it's every, every single comic goes up and tries to sell the illusion that they're just now thinking of this. And that's exactly yeah. what you should do because it makes an audience feel good. But you know, the, the, the thing is, well, what if, an audience member decides they want to see one more show before your weekend mm-hmm. ends. And then they come back and now they're like, oh, well, it's all exactly verbatim. Just like last mm-hmm. time, it's like, well, now they're not sold on it. But they they still could be. You could still give them that same illusion mm-hmm. by not having a set order to things and not having mm-hmm. a... Uh, and not doing things the exact same way every time or not doing it the exact same length every time, you know? Yeah, because like, you can see a show... It's not like, I, I I probably sound like I'm the guy who's like, and this is what I discovered. Like, it's not. It's not like anything yeah, that I thought of. It. Take, I saw, take, take you know, the credit. You, yeah. you did it. You see pre- people perform who inspire you, and they, they you see that illusion, and you do go see them again, and you go, oh, it isn't the same. And I think in that mm. moment, you just make that choice. Well, I want to do that, too. I want to also, you know, make sure if, if someone ever felt so inclined to want to see a second show, they might go, oh, yeah, some of the material is the same, but it didn't feel the same. You know. Yeah, that's a, there's a difference. Yeah. And I mean, going the other route of very tight writing and being very scripted and by the book and A to B every single time you get on stage is, in my opinion, another great art form. It's another mm-hmm. great style because, like you just said, it can be, there's a lot of substance to it and yeah. it can be, and there's a lot of meaning to it and it can be very well written and very well performed. And to me, that is a show. That is what a show is like supposed it's to be. A, like I'm going to see a performance. I'm going yeah. to see a show. And then to me, what I like is like, well, what if people go for, they kind of go for a show or they go for a performance and it's kind of more of like an experience. That sounds more mm-hmm. um, arrogant. I mean, for it to sound like, oh, when he comes to me, it's an experience. I don't mean it that way, but it I don't is, think there's another word that. to describe like, the difference of like, well, this is a show, this is a performance. This is a, this mm. is also a show, but it's not the same type of show. The thing that I like, though, is the... Yes, it's a performance. I like... Sometimes I like that part of it more than the comedy that's coming out of their mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've go, I'll go and see someone, like, three times in a few months, and 
same material, but you can see, you know, they just change the timing a bit. Yeah. They'll change some words. The and energy. Just, the art of, you know, like fine tuning it. I watch that and I'm just like, even though I've heard the jokes now maybe five times, yeah. still just watching, you know, like the little tweaks they make. That's, that's what I like. Right. That's good stuff to see. Like Ray, there's a guy called Ray Badrin. He's a Australian yeah, yeah, yeah. comedian. And he was there that yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. I met him on uh, Tuesday. Uh, yeah, he's great. He does this thing. He repeats the lyrics to um, yeah, the, the Eurythmics uh, song. Yeah. Sweet Dreams. Sweet Dreams are made of these. I've heard that too many times now. But it's still funny. Yeah, and also in that voice and, and the delivery of it. he still gets laughs. He still gets laughs. It's great. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's, he's been doing funny. that a long time. <laughs> and it's still funny. I don't know how how many times I can see that and I'm still yeah. laughing because the, the deadpan yeah. I mean I think that's what happens with some jokes like when they're those kind of jokes that always still work I mean as a performance it's hard to get rid of it because you're mm. like well if people are laughing like that you clearly still get joy yeah. in doing it I mean I've got jokes I've been doing for like seven years now and I honestly probably should come, cut them out of my act but they get a laugh and I still really like telling it. So I'm kind of like, well, why would I get rid of something and never do it again if it actually is still mm. fun to do? Well, it's not like in this business there's like a shelf life on these things. You can pick and choose. That's it. But see, then you've got this thing where a musician can go out and do a tour mm-hmm. and play all the old hits. Yeah. And some comedians can get away with doing that. Like like Bill Cosby used to do that. Right. No comment about Bill Cosby, but right. he'd go out and he'd do all the things that people wanted to hear and tell the same stories. Right. Some comedians can do that. I think there's a little bit of charisma to make, make, it, make mm. it possible to do that. I mean, not so much as a... Maybe sure as a musician, but like a musician, you've got these songs and you write these songs and the show can be whatever the show is going to be, but people want to hear maybe... A sprinkle of the new stuff, but even if you just put an album out, no one really wants to hear the whole album live. They want to That's hear it. the last album. They want to hear the hits. But with comedy, it's a it's a little bit different. Where in, in stand up, we don't really have anything like hits. Where someone goes, right. oh, you know, I mean, if Jim Gaffigan's at a show and decides suddenly he's going to do his whole hot pocket thing, yeah, I mean, the crowd's going to go absolutely ape shit. Yeah. But <laughs> but but a lot of people, like you know, if he was doing that. Over and over and over again, I, I, I know that it would drive him crazy. Yeah. And if it's driving him crazy, that probably comes through in the performance of it. And the crowd's right. Like, mm. oh, yeah, maybe we should be... Hey, we'd probably get a better show if we watch him perform the things he's excited about, you know, joking about. But you see... You see... Like, you know, Akmal, he's an Australian comedian. He's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. And usually the last quarter of the show... Well, not even last quarter. last 20... 15% of the show... He's like, any questions? Like, anything? Any comments? How am I going? And someone pretty much always asks him to tell this story about Rockhampton. Because he went to Rockhampton and there was an incident. Yeah. And it's a hilarious story. But And he stopped telling it. And so now every time it gets to that part of the show, everyone's like, Rockhampton! Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell us the Rockhampton story. Of course. And it's yeah. still hilarious every time he does it. And I don't think he's sick of telling that story. Yeah. That's it's what a great I think. If you're, if you're not sick of it, you should just keep doing it. But... I don't know, I feel like my explanation there about music and going to see a band or going to see a comic, like, I don't even know if it made sense to me as I said it, but, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean, like, it's, it's a different experience when you go see if when a I comic, you see a comic and like, God, this is the exact same show I saw last year, yeah. you're not going to be happy about it, but That's if right. you went and you said, half the show's what I saw last year, you might not be that upset, you might be like, oh, it was kind of good, I, I heard some of the jokes from last year that I kind of wanted to hear again, but yeah. then I got to hear a whole other 30 minutes of brand new stuff, like... It, and then it, and then it looks actually like how a band would play. Where they're like, yeah, we're gonna go half new, half old. Yeah, 
Like the night after I saw you, I went and saw Ronnie Chang at Enmore Theatre. Yeah. And I went in, I'm like, oh, I reckon maybe 30% I've heard before because I've seen him a few times. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was maybe 30, 35%, which is fine. That's, yeah. Because that the it's... stuff that he says is still hilarious. Yeah. And that's fine. No, I think 30, 30, I think that, I mean, fuck, 50, 50 for me is great. 50, 50. My writing is very slow. I'm not, it, it takes me a long time to have a new chunk of anything new. So when you write, have you written for TV or you're just, you were just the actor? Not really. Yeah, just in Gravel. I mean, the only writing I did, I wouldn't even really technically say that I was a writer on the show, but pre-production of season one, Mm -hmm. I was in the writer's room uh, making whatever small contributions I could make, which was very little. I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never been in the writer's room. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm, I would in no way categorize myself as a writer definitely more performer than writer um and then with my stand-up i mean i obviously do all of it but that's probably a big reason why it takes a longer for me to have a new Mm. hour together because i'm just not very prolific with it i i saw your explanation for how do you write and it was like i go so smoke some pot and then i walk around (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i mean that's where most of it comes from or it comes (laughs) from on stage like discovering something on stage where i'll be like ah that's that can grow into something i mean it's Mm. very I feel like all writing, no matter what, is organic, and that word's greatly overused these days, but, I mean, uh, organic in the sense that maybe I stumble on something on stage, mm. and I try to talk about it as long as I can on stage, and maybe out of that... Explore. Exploring, maybe yeah. there's two big moments that got a big laugh, and so those would be what I keep, and what I'm saying right now is I probably the way most people actually write their comedy, mm. but, uh, you know, then I'll walk away with those two things, and do them next time but only do those two things and you know I might find the very next time that it's actually just that crowd and that stumbling mm-hmm. on it for a first time uh, revelation that that's what got the energy up and that's what mm-hmm. made the joke really funny whereas like you know trying it out again maybe the magic isn't there anymore and then you're like mm-hmm. then you kind of step back and you well how funny do I think this premise is anyways like do I want to make the effort with this kind of thing so is it worth it is it worth yeah. the time yeah I mean to me it's a kind of discovering things and going oh that's funny and then Working on it. I'm not good at sitting down going, all right, I'm going to sit here for an hour sit and I'm actually write. Yeah, I don't, I'm not good at that. Do you record the shows? I read somewhere you used to record them and yeah. then you stopped. And... I, I record on uh, my phone yeah. the audio. So I always have the audio in case I stumble on something and can't remember what it is. And you can go back. Um, and go back and check it out and figure out how I said it. Or if there's an old bit and I tried it a new way, I'd be like, all right, what were the adjustments that I made to it so I can keep that you know, mm-hmm. as is? Because I... Maybe it got a bigger laugh, right? It, it sharpened it up a bit. Better tag or something maybe came out of it. So, like, with stand-up comedy, when you're writing, it's it's something that you... The only way you can do it is to do it. Yeah. You can't... You can, you can't... You can sit there and write a whole page of stuff. Yeah. But unless you get out there on the stage and do it, you don't know if it, they're going to laugh. You might think it's the funniest thing in the world. Right. And everyone's just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of cool. I think that's what I really like about it. It's kind of the joy and pain of it all at the same time is that you have to just go. And it's, I mean, when you're trying to work on a new hour, it's the most painful because you might go have to Mm. endure going up quite a bit and failing. And uh, it definitely affects your ego, Mm. especially when you've proven to yourself that you are funny and you've proven to other comics and you've proven to other audiences you're very funny. And you're like, well, now for the next month or maybe even longer, yeah. I'm going to look like I've never even fucking done this before because <laughs> I have no idea if these premises are funny or if these punchlines and the direction I'm going is funny. I like those shows, though. I've been to a few of those. <laughs> yeah, like, we... Atmal, I just said before, he did a show probably about three or four months ago, 
and I can't remember, it was just some sort of rehearsal, I can't remember what he called it, he called it something. And it was just him getting up there going, oh, what about this, is this funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd just do it, and then we'd, we'd laugh, or we wouldn't laugh, Right. And like, okay, I'm not keeping that. It's very, I mean, the, the, that process, I mean, having a show like that, where you can just be that sort of... And he's still paying, he's still getting money, he's still working. Right, yeah, yeah. Being that upfront about it and, and drilling through it is actually a great way to do it. It's very liberating, I'm sure, to kind of be like, all right, well, we're going to find out right now about these ideas, and then, yeah. you know... You, You're going to decide if this is going to be the show or not. Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's also kind of weightlifting for your own charisma there, too, because you're like, well, hopefully my personality can maintain the interest because I don't yeah. know if my topics are going to maintain the laughs. Yeah. So what's happening next? What are you doing now? you got one more night. Uh, uh, you're doing night. Cracker, the doing gala. Night, the gala. Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday night gala at the Enmore Theater and then uh, head back to Los Angeles on... Uh, Wednesday, um, I mean, for me at this point, I'm trying to, uh, talk with some people that are putting some pilots together mm. and, uh, see if they're interested in me, maybe audition and mm. see if I'm the guy they might be looking for, for those. And also trying to kind of pitch my own TV show ideas. So it's kind of an interesting time. It's, uh, I'd love to have a, uh, job <laughs> in terms of acting yeah. But uh, I kind of like that this kind of period right now gives me time to figure out, well, what is an idea that I would go forward with and how would I, what, 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 in what way would I try to get it sold and, you know, kind of see, you know, if you're, uh, if people are interested in you having a show, your own show. Would you be willing to shave the beard? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for, for sure. anything, I, I think I would definitely do it. I'm not, I'm not married to it. I, pref- I personally prefer it. I like my mm-hmm. beard, but... Yeah, if I got something that wanted me to shave the beard or do anything, I, I would basically do it. Mm. If I felt like it was worth it, for sure. If I felt like it made sense to a character to not have a beard. You know, mm. some people just want you to look a certain way and they don't really have yeah. a reason for it. Um, that, in, that, in that world, you're kind of like, well, not then I'm, I don't want to <laughs> shave it. Yeah. So you're, you've got an idea. It's coming. It's mm-hmm. forming for your yeah. own show. Right. You're the main guy. Yeah. In the show. Yes. You're not going to write a show for someone else. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't be opposed to just selling an idea if it was something that I wasn't interested in in trying to be in. But I mean, honestly, if I had an idea and someone thought it was great, but they they didn't think it was me, (laughs) if they thought, well, we like this idea, but we think someone else should be in it, I would have no. I mean, it would depend Mm. on which idea it was, but I don't think I'd have any qualms about it. I mean, at at this stage of my career, getting to do anything. Mm seems like a blessing in itself like what a, what a crazy job to have but certainly as I go forward in my career a you know some goals of mine are like you said before like maybe directing one day mm-hmm. like being more of a more a disciplined writer who actually can sit and write a pilot or write a feature mm-hmm. and not require someone else to have to be there holding their hand through mm-hmm. it which is currently what I, I have to have because I don't know what I'm doing yeah but yeah if, if I was at a point where I had a show idea and just to sell it and be like there I, I created that idea, created that show, and we sold it and put it out there, and I have nothing to do with it at this point. Like, I'm not at all opposed thing, to that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's part of the business, you know? It's, you're, you're, it, it's kind of fun being creative and being able to make money and make art uh, mm. off of your creativity. It's kind of, to be an artist, it, it, it's, it's kind of trippy. I mean, it's kind of a cool job it's title. It's cool when you can get paid for it, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're getting paid to do it, it, something that you really love and are capable of doing... Well, I mean, that's mm. as close to the American dream as you're going to get. <laughs> it is, it is. 
So if you if you wrote a because that's the thing, like you could write a show and sell that show. Yeah. And then you're done. Yeah. You get paid. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It just says created by. Yeah, this I mean, guy. you're you're also hoping that it's. I mean, and also you may you may get the opportunity to mm. like work on the show, mm. uh, which I would also be. I mean, I, I I I'd probably be willing at this point to do most things because I haven't mm. had a chance to find the things I don't want to do. You know, I'm. Mm. It's kind of like doing comedy, like. There are uh, plenty of clubs I've now played and you don't in want the to United go back States to... that I'll, I'll never go back to. It, w- it wouldn't even matter how much money they offered. I just there's no joy in it because of the club or the people uh, or uh, the audiences or how the club. Uh, mm. You know, certain clubs that are just interested in selling booze and, and food, and they don't really have an opinion mm. on comedy or what's funny. And you can tell that who they do like is is hacky comedians. There's a good chance that's yeah. the audience that they bring in. I mean, that's why there's. Uh, I mean, that, 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 in my opinion, is why, you know, some cities have a pretty strong independent comedy scene because local comics don't necessarily mm-hmm. vibe with a club like that. So they kind of branch out and, and do their own thing. And that leads to comics, you know, having less of a standard style of performance, which leads to what people call alternative comedy, mm-hmm. which is really an interesting title uh some people hate alternative comedy even though it's not even really a thing yeah uh it means you hate you know i hate alternative comedy do you or do you just hate what that person did just now yeah i think some comics hate that you know they hate that uh there isn't a definition as to what's funny it's something's either funny and entertaining or it's not funny mm. and entertaining and yet there's some people who want <laughs> I don't know how I got into this rant but you know then there's some people <laughs> that's who what are, this no, show is this about is, comedy should be done this specific kind of way it's like well what would music be like if that's what people say <laughs> yeah. about music no music has to yeah, yeah. be these instruments and it has to be this type of sound yeah. like well then we you know it's it, it's good. a weird way to look at art for sure I think from, from, some, from some people's standpoint but going back to my original point you know, there's clubs that I will never play again because there was no joy in it. There was no, mm. nothing fun about it, um, which, uh, you know, I, I could find myself the more that I'm doing in television, if I'm lucky enough mm. to do more in the acting world, as I go, I'll probably be like, oh, I really decided I hate doing that type of thing, or mm. I hate trying to be on, uh, or, or, or I hate that, that particular job. You know, I've never had to mm. produce anything in my life. I could find out in the future, if I'm lucky enough, that it's a job I absolutely adore. Or I could not. also find out I fucking hate it. <laughs> but, you know, I, at this point, that's why I'm saying I, I'm willing to kind of do everything because mm. I really haven't done much of anything. Because, you know, sitting in a, a writer's room, it's going to be pretty different to writing your own your own stand-up. Yeah. Like I mean, if it's your like own TV eight show. other people there. Yeah, if it's your own show... See, that's the thing. I've only been in the room where it wasn't my show. I was mm. just on it and I could contribute, you know, some ideas and I could learn how to contribute. That's more what I was in there to do is kind of learn how, uh, you know, Jeff Astroff was the showrunner. Mm. So I got to see specifically how a guy like him runs a room. I got to see how other writers, mm. you know, come together and gel when they just got thrown together and, and, and kind of see how that world works from a very peripheral, distant, yeah. very peripheral. Like I was... I, I was not involved enough to, to grow in that type of field because I was just mm. kind of in and out, and then we started shooting, and I didn't go back. But it, um, looked, it looked interesting, though? It looked very interesting. But if, if I had my own TV show, and I was in a writer's room, because I know what I, the show is, and I know mm. the direction I want it to go, my contribution would be vastly different. 
because, mm-hmm. you know, this show, I was on it, but we were also shooting season one, and I didn't really totally know what the show was going to be. I mean, neither mm-hmm. did the writers. You know, the showrunner has his vision, and the, you know, Bill Lawrence, the the creator, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, he, and he knew, you know, what he wanted it to kind of look like. So yeah. if I was stepping into that role, and I knew exactly what I wanted the show to be, I imagine my contribution in the, in the writer's room would be uh, a lot, quite a bit. Mm. And I would know like when an idea came up that I didn't like, if I didn't think it fit into the formula, yeah. it would be easier for me to say, no, that's not the direction we're going. Because mm. if, you're, if you're a boss, you've got a bunch of other people. It's like, <laughs> yeah. don't like that, don't like that. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't really do it when you're just the, uh, one of the employees because you're, you honestly are like, well, I don't know if we like that. Maybe we do. So your idea for your own show, do you see that as like a standard sitcom or something like Louie with no audience? Um, kind of both. If if you could get exactly what you wanted. I I don't know if I have one that I particularly like. I know that it's probably good to have uh, one of each idea. So Mm -hmm. at this point, I have an idea for for both. Uh, One that isn't necessarily a show like Louie where I I wouldn't be playing a character that was a stand-up comedian in either of Mm -hmm. them. But uh, yeah, multicam, uh, sitcom, I definitely have an idea for. And I did like that format. I mean, getting to do Ground Floor was mm. eye-opening. It's not a format I would have ever chosen to do. But after having mm. done it, I was like, oh, I like the hours. I like the style of performance. I like that it's, you know, most very joke-heavy, mm. driven by jokes, you know, and not so much uh, uh, story. I mean, we had, you know, a lot of story on mm. Ground Floor, but I like that jokes made the biggest difference. Um and then, yeah, a, a single camera show, um, I, I like that you can be a little more dramatic and the jokes mm. can be different because now the jokes can be very visual uh, yeah. through the editing process. You know, not that you can't do that with a multicam, but mm. multicam is more like you're filming a play. Yeah. You know, where it's like and you got blocking and, and all those. Yeah, and it's kind, of, it's kind of set in its way, whereas like a single cam, yeah. it's, in my opinion, it's like using a different canvas to paint on, for sure. Mm. You, can, you can do different things with it. Each of them has their own pros and cons. Is LPM a thing? What is that? Laughs per minute. I, not, keep... I mean, not in my reality. I don't think so. When but someone, when, I but think... when they're in that writing room, you know, yeah. if they go like ten seconds, two, two, three lines without a joke, it's like, yeah, where's the joke? What? Yeah. What? I mean, I think you can just tell by pattern and rhythm. I mean, that's what I. Yeah. I that's why I go back to like jazz on it. Like, yeah. it's not defined, but you know, if there's a sudden lull or it's something something else is happening, or you're doing a, a drum solo which is really upbeat, and then all of a sudden he's not mm. really doing much at a very slow pace. It's it, like you look at it and go, "Well, now it's not music." It's like, no, it's still there. You just mm. it's it's it doesn't come at you the same way. And I think, you know, for the sake of stand-up comedy, I think laughs per minute is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And oh, I think yeah. anyone that that uh, and, and and by anyone I mean basically people who decide specials and mm. decide. Uh, uh, producers and people who think they understand stand-up comedy. Those people, uh, LPMs is, is something in their universe, and it's only because they're too dumb to know that that's a ridiculous <laughs> uh, idea. It's the a, it's a, it's a dumbest thing to count on. Uh, for television, sure, I could see someone writing a script and being like, well, there's a big lull here, yeah. and we need to maybe get some jokes in there. And it's like, yeah, you know, being a different format, laughs per minute, I can see being uh, mm. uh, sort of a necessary thing. I mean, especially for a multi-camera sitcom, 
you know, if you have a, a long lull where no one's really laughing, it kind of changes what the show actually is, you know? It, does it mm. suddenly become dramatic, or is it just uninteresting altogether? Yeah, just turn into a drama. Like, <laughs> exactly, like changing yeah. accent, just go straight drama. In the <laughs> yeah, just show. suddenly go drama. And you could do oh, that. Right. You could do that in your show. <laughs> yeah. It could be hilarious. The first ten minutes, just all laughs, and then just yeah. drama the and rest then of like the And then, like, a, just a really hardcore murder. <laughs> where you, where right it's at not, the end, right at the end. Yeah, very graphic. <laughs> Blood everywhere. First ever NC-17 multi-camera signal. <laughs> See? you got some ideas now. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. So, oh, you've been here a week? More than a week? Uh, yeah, a, a week. week. A week, exactly, yeah. So, what do you think so far? You went to Featherdale Wildlife Park. Yeah, it was fun. Which it was is really great. great. It was cool. Uh, I mean, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of zoos. Anyways, you kind of walk mm. around and you think all the animals are miserable. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of interesting, you know, to see some birds that weren't caged to... They weren't leaving, mm. you know. They clearly wanted to stay. Yeah, and they all hang around. Yeah, and some of the birds that were caged. I mean, there were some eagles that were caged, and that that felt a little ridiculous. Clearly, mm. they don't want to be confined to a tight space. And giant any, bird. birds that are caged just always feels very strange. But it was mm. cool seeing that the a lot of the animal, animals are just kind of free roaming mm. to for the most part. Yeah. Um, that's why Feathered Elf's great. Like anyone who comes here. Because th- there is one like around Darling Harbour yeah, somewhere, like Wildlife Park, or, or there's Taronga, like yeah, a proper yeah. zoo. But you go to Featherdale, you can just walk in. There's kangaroos, and yeah. wallabies right there. Yeah, you I mean, ho- you can hold the koala. Yeah, having pet a koala while it was eating and and kind of petting a kangaroo, like pretty pretty bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't I don't like the confinement of any animals, but I did get the sense that this particular place, uh, the animals mm. didn't seem miserable. They seemed like, yeah, we don't mind being here. Yeah, I, I don't like the zoo that much. Yeah. Uh, but this one's okay. It was cool, and I like the setup. Uh, I like how uh, it's kind of a maze you can that you can walk through. It was kind of laid out very interestingly. So, have you got a plan to come back? Are you going to come back next year for the yeah, festival? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to try to do it. My wife and I are having a baby in uh, July. Ooh, um, she's she's true. having it. I'll be there to watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in July we're having a baby, and... Uh, that's going to decide a lot of things oh, yeah. for us. But coming back, I mean, you know, here it is May. Um, the baby would almost be one years old. It would, it would kind of be fun to try to bring both of them, if possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, a possibility, but uh, it would yeah, be interesting. My, uh, we have family in uh, Macau in China, so oh. if it was something that we could work out to kind of, you know, maybe do a show in Hawaii, then to do some shows in Australia, mm-hmm. then go to China and be, be gone for a little while, that could be fun. It's hard to, that's the kind of strange balance of doing stand-up, you know, it's, mm. if someone says, hey, you can come to Sydney, you can do Melbourne, you can do Sydney, you can do some road gigs in between, you can really mm. make a month or more out of it, mm. uh, it's very exciting, but uh, being at this point where I'm at in acting now, uh, yeah. it's kind of like, well, if I have an acting job, mm. I probably can't go, but then also, not currently not having an acting job means... Well, what if something pops up while you're gone? Yeah. So it's a, it, it, with stand up, you know, before I used to just go away for, you know, three months at a time mm. and just go on the road and do stand up. And my wife, uh, uh, luckily for me, was okay with that. Mm. Um, but um, now that there's uh, acting and a bigger family, it's kind of like, well, now you can kind of go do stand up, but then you kind of need to come back. Like here, I'm here for yeah. 10 days. That honestly okay. feels like the, uh, the limit <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't plan when, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, being able to travel with him would be fantastic. I mean, Gaffigan goes on the road with his uh, um, five kids uh, and wife. They come with him. Oh, yeah, they go yeah. with him and they do the road. And I mean, everyone would agree. Like he and I are probably in the same boat, popularity wise. So it makes sense that I would. Try I, I like Gaffigan. I liked it when he um, 
he did the Craig did Late Show. Yeah, he filled oh, yeah. after Craig left. He's, I mean, there he's were some great, great shows. He like bring the kids out and do some. Skit. Yeah, they like intro oh. him and stuff. Yeah, he's. He, I mean, he's fantastic. He's so funny, naturally funny, uh, and has that charisma mm. that you're just attracted to. And Bill Burr, he mentioned Bill Burr before. I only saw Bill Burr for the first time. He came here. Oh, okay. I think in the start of this year or the end of last year. Yeah. And it was at, it was in the opera house. It was like in the, the main room, and I'd never seen him before. But I. I'd seen video. I've never seen him live though. Right, and it was great. Yeah. Oh, one of one of just... the maybe the best for me right now to watch is, mm. is him. There's something about a. It's it's super it's super smart. It's uh, edgy. Mm. It's saying something. It's got a message to it. It's it's great commentary politically and socially. And I mean, all that oh. is is what I look for. But also, he's, he's he can be silly too. And all all that is the the recipe of of what I'm attracted to with comedy. The, the thing, oh, he did this thing, not that, I, I don't know if he still does it, about, it's about domestic violence. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, it's bad, but, you know, she had to have caused it somehow. <laughs> right. And just the way it was all set up, <laughs> it made you think, yeah, maybe she was a total bitch. And yeah, she they, deserved it. And the way he crafted it was just right. so good. Yeah. I listened to that a few, and my wife didn't like it. My wife didn't like it. Of course, yeah. She didn't get it, but I was trying to explain to her, and I'm yeah. like, just forget it. You're not going to understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he makes the, the jokes about those serious things, and, and it, you know, some keywords get said, and people get tense, and then on the back end, you know, he makes kind of a, yeah. a point about it. I don't think I know the particular bit you're talking about, but you know, on the back end, he makes a, a point and makes you go, all right, yeah, when people say, oh, it's something that you shouldn't laugh at, it's like, well... Maybe you can laugh at it if there's a point to it that makes you go, oh, it, you know, maybe he's right about something, you know. He and it did. I mean, it performing. made me think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is something I didn't think I would think, but then I thought, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Doug Stanhope is probably one of the best at that, you know. Mm. Saying something very controversial, very aggressive, and then, you know, you're kind of like, whoa, and then he backs it up completely, and you're like, oh, shit, he's made me look at that in a whole new light. Mm. What do you think about David Letterman? Um, going. Um, I don't you, know. you think it's time? Oh, you, you uh, can't say that. I mean, it's been forever. I don't know. I, it's I think been he's. I mean, 30, yeah, three years. I yeah. Think. I mean, I'll. I'll I think he's had enough. Come to an end, and I'm sure he's ready to mm. move on. He's got a young son that he wants to probably spend some time with. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he he's great. He's absolutely fantastic. I, like, It'll be interesting to see what Colbert does. I'm very curious. I'll be interested to see him not in character. And right. see who he is because I don't know who he is. Yeah, I've never seen him well, outside. You know, Colbert I think Report. he's really smart. I think he's brilliantly funny, and I think he'll have the same type of uh, off-center comedy that Letterman. You know, mm. the the bar that Letterman set. I think Colbert will come in and he'll have a new take on it. But I don't. I think he'll have the same sort of uh, um, uh, interest in keeping it different. Yeah, not making it just another. Late night show. I mean, even though Letterman had just a you know your typical run of the mill late night show, it, it wasn't a typical run of the mill late night show. He was weird, and he was cool mm. with weird stuff, and he was fine with things that didn't necessarily work and being relaxed. Mm. And I mean, the way that he interviewed people was so much more interesting than the way most late night hosts interview people. It seems very forced and pretending to think that this person's a great genius. And David Letterman just sat there and he made that decision in the moment if he thought that person was great genius or not it was so funny because they always come out and it's like oh oh I heard you went on holidays recently tell me that story and it's just <laughs> yeah. all set up and it's they got a movie going on yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah 
But but Dave was so funny because you could just see on his face he's like some new little pop singer. He's just like, right. I do not care at all. <laughs> right. I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have to say it. You could just see his face. Right. But it was oh, great. when he had Paris Hilton on, I mean, it was fucking <laughs> incredible to not care. Oh, yeah. The way he didn't care. That was great. Were you? Is that kind of your favorite? For like late night shows. Well, we don't really get oh, yeah. that much. I guess here. it would be different. Yeah, they yeah. really only like there's no Australian one at all. Oh, okay. There's nothing. Oh, that's interesting. It seems like there would be. And I've always thought I could be that guy. I could be yeah. the one to start. I mean, it's such a fun like, uh, and not that it has to be what those shows are the same format as those shows in the state, mm-hmm. but like you know, I feel like a, a late night kind of interview talk show is is just kind of interesting. You know, it seems like you don't have to play by oh. the rules the same way. No, you could do whatever you wanted. There was a guy, Steve Weizard, who pretty much. Copied Letterman. Oh, okay. Exactly. He did it. God, it was like early nineties. He did it for maybe three or four years, and then it just ended. Okay. But I think the main reason they give these days is oh, there's just not enough people to yeah. interview down here. Okay. Yeah. But there is. There's lots of Australian actors and musicians. You could right. do it, but I don't know. Well, they also don't have to be uh, celebrities either. I think that's. They could be anyone. Unfortunately, like Craig Ferguson and... used to have like writers and authors yeah, exactly. and anybody on there. Yeah. I mean, anyone interesting, I mean, uh, what's his name, uh, it's such a difficult last name, but he's a Greek out of, uh, uh, Canada. He had a show where it was just, it wasn't necessarily had to be funny, but it was just him one-on-one talking to people, Uh and I mean, it could be funny, and he Mm. was a funny guy, but he also just kind of interviewed people, and it was just interesting, it was interesting to watch, you know, and they weren't always, like, famous. Well, that's what I hope this is. Yeah, that's what I, that's, I'm, just, I'm just talking. Well, currently. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you, have you seen James Corden doing the late, what was? Right, the late, show. Right. Late, late show. Um, yeah, how's it been? I, I, it's I okay. Seen it. I, I don't really watch a lot of He's taken that movies. format, the UK format, where they get all three on the couch yes. at the same time. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I like it or not. Okay. I mean, you get so more interaction. Kind yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah. Just like that. You get more interaction between them, but I always feel like... You just don't get enough from each person. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. But he's doing okay. His um, ratings are pretty good, I think. Yeah. But even that, but it's no, like, no a, that's a leap that I like. You know, if it's like, oh, we're going to bring all the guests out at once. It's like, all right, well, at least you're trying something. Not, It's not obviously not different because mm. it's the UK kind of way of doing it. But it's like, but for America, but here it's... it is different. And, and, you know, thank mm. God you're like, well, let's try this other way mm. and see if that catches on. Because I would be more inclined as a, a viewer to want to see that. If mm. I were ever a, a guest, I would prefer that. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. talk about it at the same time. It almost seems to alleviate the pressure of what are we talking about, you know? Mm. you got to have all your stories ready. Exactly. Have your stories <laughs> ready and your cues ready. Like the other way, it seems like, well, it's a little more haphazard. Kind of come in when you come in, mm. you know? If you got something funny to say, get it in there. Yeah, it, it seems better that way. But anyway, what about writing for a, a comedy or like a late night show? I mean, that, would, is that any different from a sitcom? I mean, it'd be a different style of writing, but it's all just ten writers in a room. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different style of writing and definitely uh, what is probably required of you. Not probably, it's definitely different mm. what's required of you um, from doing a, a regular TV show because, you know, you're not breaking story or anything. You're just coming up with different segments. You're coming up with mm. different jokes uh, for those segments. You're writing monologue jokes mm. um a recent study has shown <laughs> yeah i mean I, I there's a lot of very funny people that write on uh conan they're mm. fantastic they're a great group of writers they're all very funny a lot of them i'd say probably the majority of them do uh stand up yeah uh, and they're just uh great i don't think it's anything that i would like to do because i'm just i don't even write that often for myself yeah <laughs> so if i was thrown into 
a job like that, I would probably become the guy that's the contributing the least, and they would all fucking start to hate me. Um, and you don't want to be doing something which you I would liked, and then you, <laughs> exactly, you exactly. hate it. And then you'd start to hate it, which, I mean, that happens to a lot of comedians that become writers. Um, but uh, I would never be opposed to the idea of, uh, of hosting a late-night show. I would never be the person chosen to do that in any circumstances, mm. certainly not today. Um, you could, Maybe you in could five or ten years, things could be different, but... You could fill in for Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, I mean, I, that, if I ever Some had... Some people might own, know the difference. <laughs> if I ever had, like, that kind of opportunity, that's the only way that I would have a show like that, is if I created it and I said, I'm going to be a late-night show, and it's going to be on IFC or something, mm. and obviously it wouldn't be on the major networks. But, yeah, I would never be opposed to that. It does look like a very fun, kind of interesting... Uh, job it, it uh, mm. definitely has that Groundhog Day element to it as far as yeah. jobs go, but it also does look you know it looks really fun. That'd be the thing, yeah. Trying not to just not to get sick of it. Yeah, having the same you know this guest come out and you ask him questions, <laughs> and that's always how it's going to end up. You, you'd have to have you just have to keep having ideas. What can I do? What can yeah. I do next? Yeah, and then yeah, you, then you'd start to hate that as well. And you get to point where you've kind of done it all. I mean, Letterman kind of did it all. Mm. That's why I feel like he's kind of chosen this. He's like, oh, I've kind of seen it and I've kind of done it. So what else am I supposed to do? That he's like the last one, really. Like, yeah, Leno's gone. Someone else is gone. Well, Ferguson's now gone. <laughs> oh, Craig Ferguson, yeah. Um, oh, I love Craig Ferguson. His show was great. Yeah, I watched that. All he really got here was Letterman and Craig Ferguson. Yeah, and that's it. Right. But you know, you can still obtain shows other ways and see Conan <laughs> yeah. and other shows. But yeah, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, Conan great. will now be the. Uh, the, uh, He's the the headmaster, longest, longest running one. Yeah, uh, for sure. The the, the elder, elder yeah, which is strange. I mean, it was like just yesterday he was not. He was <laughs> he was he on is. late night. Yeah, doing all that crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh, and oh, talk about your albums. You've got two or three albums. Uh, two out. two albums. One's out. The, one's on the Jack Black, Jack yeah. White, Jack Black, Jack, uh, the Jack, Jack White. Black White. Um, one of them is uh, called uh, Dilation. It's on uh, iTunes. Uh, and Amazon, and then one is uh, called Roy Scoville Live at Third Man Records, and that's uh, maybe in your local record store. I doubt it. It's but, vinyl uh, only. It's vinyl only, so maybe it's in your record store, but if it isn't, it is definitely at thirdmanrecords.com, um, Jack White's label. It is definitely there. Go and find for, it. For uh, ordering. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have a special out in a few months. TV, audio, video? Um, hopefully uh, something like Netflix or something online. Oh, yeah, it'll be video, yeah. Oh, there we go. Something like Netflix or uh, something online. Some kind of uh, way to view it whenever you want to type mm. option. Yeah, streaming. That's what it's all yeah. about. It's all about the streaming now. Yeah, it's more convenient. Well, it was great to talk to you. All done. Yeah. We've done an hour. <laughs> we, we did it. We created an hour. Episode three. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. Rory Scoville. Um, go and find him on YouTube. Watch stuff. Okay, that's the end. Cool. Here's some ridiculous theme music. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.